When I was 15, I lived in the middle of nowhere. It was one of those towns with a population number of less than 300. I grew up in populated rural towns most of my life, so this was a first for me, and I hated everything about it. Due to financial issues in the family, we moved in with my mom's boyfriend's family at the time. The property we moved onto had a church, a cemetery, and two old schoolhouses. One of the schoolhouses by the church was the one we lived in. About a hundred feet away was the abandoned schoolhouse. Now, I have tons of stories about this place, from children's laughter in the middle of the night coming from the abandoned schoolhouse to always having sleep paralysis, which I never even experienced until living there. But in this story, I want to focus on something scarier. People. We didn't have internet where we lived, and before moving, most of my free time was spent on my computer and on YouTube. Because of this, I spent most of my time playing the few games I had still installed on my PC, or just rewatching the same 10 movies I had on DVD. The night of the incident, it was around 2am. Everyone else was in bed by then, but I had stayed up on my computer playing an old Hitman game that I had installed before moving. As I was sitting in the pause menu of the game, I thought that I heard leaves crunching from outside near my window. I peeked out of my window, but I didn't see anything due to my room being on the second floor. Beneath my room was the kitchen, which was also connected to the door that led to the back porch. After I heard the crunching of the leaves outside, it went eerily silent. I was already on edge, but soon the silence was broken by our outside dogs barking aggressively all around our house. At that moment, I ran down the steps to go get my parents. They had their room all the way in the basement, which meant I had to pass the kitchen to get to them. As I reached the bottom of the stairs near the kitchen, I started to hear banging and screaming from my right, which was where the back porch and kitchen were. At this time, I just froze. I didn't want to move and let whoever was there see me. Luckily, my parents heard all the noise too, and my mom's boyfriend met me at the steps at the same time the banging and screams had started. My mom's boyfriend had walked down to the back door asking what he wanted, and this is when things got weird. My stepdad had noticed that the man at the back porch was soaked in blood. The man claimed that he was being chased through the woods by people trying to kill him, and that he was shot. At this point, the guy was practically begging to come in so he could hide and use our phone. My stepdad had told him to back away from the door and to show him where he was shot, and this is where things got scary. The man then switched his story, and he told us that it wasn't blood. At this point, my heart sank, and my stepdad told me to grab the house phone and call the cops. As I was on the phone with the cops, my stepdad's sister had ran down the steps and gave her gun to my stepdad. At this point, it became a waiting game as I was on the line with the police waiting for them to show up, and during this time, the man was still begging to be let in. He said there were several people with guns around our house looking for him. Hearing all of this, my stepdad had turned off all the lights in the house so that no one could see where we were, and potentially shoot us just in case he was telling the truth. Eventually, the cops said they were nearby, 
So my stepdad had me look out the window that faced the direction of the road they come from, just so that I could let them know when they got there. As I was waiting anxiously for them to get here, I saw them, but they passed our house. This is where I genuinely felt afraid for my life, because we didn't know if the man was lying or if he was actually being truthful about the men after him outside. My stepdad had me open the door and go outside to wave them down. Luckily it worked, and the cops did finally get to our house. We were all still outside when the cops' car speakers demand the man to step off the porch and then get on the ground. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night, but as it turns out, the man had originally tried getting into our basement where my mom was before banging on the back door. We also got some updates from someone who lived nearby, and it turns out this guy lived close to us, and he was also an addict who lived with his family. The cops ended up dropping him off back at his house the same night, but still, none of this explains where the blood came from, and why was he lying about being injured getting into our house at 2 in the morning? I'm from a small town in Mississippi. There was a new convenience store that had opened up. The sign was painted with vibrant colors and it was very eye-catching. I drove by it pretty frequently. There was always maybe like one or two cars in the parking lot. It never appeared to be busy. One day I needed a pack of cigarettes and I decided to stop there. There were no cars in the parking lot. I go inside and immediately get an uncomfortable feeling. There are four large men standing in a circle. There's one female as well. They all just stopped and stared at me. For context, I'm a small girl in my early 20s at the time. I also noticed the windows were very dark. There was very little actually stocked in the store. Mostly empty shelves with some chips. I got the feeling this was more of a front for something illegal than a legitimate business. The woman then asked if I needed anything. My first thought was to leave, but I was afraid they would chase me. I decided to play dumb. I said I needed a pack of Marlboro 100s. She then responded back with, Let me see if we have a pack. There was no cigarette display like you would typically see. She started looking through shelves under the counter, bringing up boxes and looking through them. The four men are still staring and now getting closer. I told her if she didn't have any, it would be okay. She then pulled out a pack of Marlboro cigarettes covered in dust. She swiped the pack with her hand, then asking, Are these okay? Yeah, sure, I said just wanting to leave. I tried to pay with a debit card, and she said they didn't even have a card reader. I said that I was sorry, but that I didn't have any cash. I walk out, and I quickly realized that one of the men was now following me. I started to walk quicker, not wanting to run because I was trying to play dumb. I opened the door of my car to get in, and the guy grabs my door and asked if I had a lighter. I grabbed the lighter from my car, and I just told him he could keep it. The guy lets go of my door to grab the lighter, and I then closed the door and then immediately left. I peeled the hell out of there, 
and I never went back. Funny enough, I noticed the store was closed just a couple of months later. I really wonder what happened. This experience happened at my uncle's house back in 2001. A little backstory to give more clarity about my experiences. I grew up in San Francisco, and after I graduated high school, I decided to move to a small town where my dad's family lives. This town was three hours south of San Francisco and had a population of about 70,000. It was a nice change to the big city life I had 14 years prior. When I finally moved, I went over to my uncle's house and I asked if I could speak to him briefly. He said sure, and then motioned for us to move to the little table next to the kitchen to then sit down and talk. I asked him if I could live with him and my aunt for a while as I attended community college, adding that I didn't like living alone in a new town that I just moved to. He replied, I think that'll be fine. I told him how thankful I was and that if he needed me to help out in any way around the house to let me know. I then left to get my things and in a few hours came back and I only brought with me what I needed. Clothes, my books, toothbrush, and some CDs. Almost immediately I felt a vibe that someone else was in the home, knowing that it was only my uncle and me at the time. It was a feeling of when you go to a friend's house for a party and there were people walking around. It wasn't necessarily a bad feeling, but it got my attention. One day I saw my uncle doing beadwork at the table and listening to a radio talk show. I asked if I could sit down with him and listen, to which he just said sure and asked me to come sit down. I told him that I wanted to tell him something I experienced when I moved into his house on the first day. And I also added then I really hoped he didn't think I was weird. He said, go ahead and tell me. I told him my feeling of there being a vibe of other people in the house when there was really only me and him home at the time when I moved in. He said, you know, I'll tell you this. Of all the years I've lived here, I've had some experiences that I can't explain. And they didn't scare me much, but I noticed them. I replied, tell me one thing that happened. Well, one night I was watching the History Channel, and I was all by myself in the house. It was close to about 9pm at night, and your aunt wasn't home yet from her late night shift at the hospital. I was in my recliner, and behind me in the kitchen I had heard the drawers and cabinets. I went to turn on the kitchen lights, and a few of the drawers and cabinets were all opened all the way. So I believe you. I don't think you're weird or anything, he told me. Well, a few months later, I had my own experience. When my experience happened, I was the only one in the home, as my uncle and my aunt were out for a while. My cousin Mary was away attending her first year at university, which is my uncle's daughter, so I was given her room by my uncle when I moved in. I was walking down the hallway leading to this room one night, and it was pitch black as it usually is. This being my uncle's house, it was far out in the country, and the last house on the block next to a field. There were also barely any streetlights to shine inward toward the home. I turned to the right down the hallway leading to my new room. Now, by this time, 
I have grown used to walking to the center of the room to pull the long string tied to the ceiling fan to turn on the light bulb. I was feeling around in the dark for the string, and then suddenly, I saw something darker than my pitch black room come toward me. When this thing came toward me, it started to push me out of the room, and I wasn't able to see out of my left eye, which was even stranger. Of course, initially I thought I was a person, but while pushing me, I just knew that it wasn't a human, because it didn't have the characteristics of what a human's arms and body feel like. What would be this thing's arms and hands felt much bigger, and where the fingers would be I would compare it to something like Paul's, but without the nails and claws. And additionally, I felt this thing go right through me during the whole time it was pushing me. After the pushing stopped, I was finally able to see out of my left eye again. I then found myself completely outside of the bathroom. I just couldn't believe it. I was shocked, and I didn't understand what happened. When I look at how far I was pushed out of the room from where my ceiling fan was to where I found myself, it was a total distance of about 8 feet. Whenever I look back on this experience, it's still one of the strangest ones that I've ever had in my life. Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption, but I need to take a small break from the stories to talk about today's sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The holidays are right around the corner, and HelloFresh can help take the stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door, saving you tons of time. The holiday season can be really hectic, and that's where HelloFresh's 15-minute meals come in. These quick fixes can help you get a wholesome meal on the table in less time than it takes to get delivery. I like HelloFresh personally because it just makes everything so easy. I especially like it when I get home from the gym and I don't feel like cooking and looking up recipes. But with HelloFresh, it makes it effortless because they've got everything you need right there. Go to HelloFresh.com CannibalFree and use code CANNIBALFREE for free breakfast for life. One breakfast per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CannibalFree with code CannibalFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I grew up in a small town in the UK. The kind of place where everyone knows everyone and no one ever keeps secrets for very long. When I was 13, I had made friends with a girl who lived in a house directly behind mine, and we started hanging out after school. We didn't do much. When we weren't at one another's houses, we would just visit the local park or wander around the street talking about school drama. My friends smoked cigarettes, but I didn't, as we were underage and she would steal them from her dad, or she would pick up used ones off the ground. Yeah... She was gross for that. Anyways, in our street we had a neighbor who I'll call Margaret. Fake name for privacy reasons. She was 60 at the time, and she was known as the stereotypical crazy cat lady. 
She lived alone, and many people in the town shunned her because she was very unhygienic and odd. She always smelled like cat urine, although her cats were well cared for, so I don't know why she smelled like that. Anyway, she used to hover around my friend and I. I'll call my friend Olivia. Olivia and I got the bus back from school, and we had to walk past Margaret's house to get to ours, as it was the quickest route. Margaret would stand at her garden gate and strike up a conversation with us on most days, which annoyed me because I wanted to get home, but Olivia always stood to chat. Sometimes when we were out wandering, she would try to talk to us then as well. She figured out that Olivia smoked. I don't know if she smelled it off of her or not, but Olivia admitted it when Margaret asked her about it. She told us to wait a second, then disappeared for a minute and came back holding two cigarettes. She went to hand one to me, but I refused. She then handed them both to Olivia and said, More for you and then grinned at Olivia. I felt very uncomfortable, but I didn't want to show it because I could be a goody two-shoes when I was a teen, and Olivia was very much a rebel. Now, I'm not homophobic at all, but Margaret was gay, and looking back at her behavior towards us, I honestly wonder if she was up to something more sinister. This will make more sense as the story continues but it's a classic grooming behavior to offer a kid cigarettes and to make them feel cool and special. Anyway, Olivia accepted the cigarettes and she kept gushing at me as we walked away. She smoked them both at night. From that day forward, Margaret gave Olivia cigarettes every day after school. I told Olivia that I thought it was weird, but she said that it wasn't and that Margaret was just cool because she was a hippie and she told us that she smoked as a teenager too. I wasn't convinced, but I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want Olivia getting in trouble. One weekend, it was the afternoon, and we were walking around our neighborhood again, when we had passed Margaret's. She must have saw us from her living room window, because she dashed into the garden and then beckoned us over. I felt annoyed because I hated being around her, but I had to follow Olivia. She gave Olivia another cigarette, only this time she handed her a lighter and told her to smoke it standing at the gate. I looked around but no one was outside since it was winter and the sky was really cloudy. I thought that Margaret was being bold as hell for letting Olivia smoke right in front of her, but I didn't want to leave my friend, so my feet stayed firmly rooted. Margaret asked us what we were doing that day and Olivia just told her we were probably heading into town to go shopping and maybe go back to hers until dinner time. She nodded, and then she suddenly invited us into her house for orange juice. I was taken aback, and I could tell Olivia was too, and we just looked at each other. Now, although Olivia was very rebellious, even she sensed something was kind of off about this. She told her no thanks and tried to keep her voice light, but I could tell she felt just as awkward as I did. Come on, I have fresh Tropicana. It looks like the heavens are about to open. Come on in and have a drink, she said. I felt very uneasy and I actually spoke up and told her no, whereas usually I let Olivia do the talking. 
I told her that Olivia and I had to go into town, and we didn't have much time left before our bus arrived, so we better get going. I then grabbed Olivia's hand, and we walked away. We didn't look behind us, and we walked in silence to the bus stop before turning to each other. I told her that Margaret was creepy as hell for asking us into her house, and Olivia agreed at first. Later that day, when we were in Olivia's room after coming back from shopping, she told me that maybe Margaret hadn't intended to be creepy. I looked at her if she had grown two heads, and she said that maybe since Margaret talks to us a lot, maybe she was lonely and just viewing us as her friends. I told her I disagreed, and that it was really weird that she was giving Olivia cigarettes and now inviting us in for orange juice. I told her that she could spike our drinks and kidnap us for all we know. She told me I was paranoid, but she did say I had a point. A few weeks later, I actually told a friend who was a few years older than me, but she echoed Olivia's sentiments and said that Margaret was probably just lonely and trying to be nice. I felt annoyed because something felt off about it, but I dropped it and I never talked about it again. Now, this incident takes place in early to mid-November at around 5 p.m., my curfew was 7 to 8 p.m., as was Olivia's, and it was dark by about 4 p.m. during the time of the year in the UK. Our neighborhood had these mossy steps, and if you walked up them, it was a shortcut to Olivia Street, and if you walked down, you got to my street, if that makes sense. The stairs could be sat on, and they had hedges and bushes, so although someone's house was at the left-hand side of the bushes, it still felt secluded. Anyway, we were sitting there playing music and messing around with sticks when Margaret appeared in front of us. She walked up the steps towards us, and Olivia and I moved as to make a gap in the middle for her to squeeze through to get past us. She was walking her dog, which was a golden lab. We patted him and said hello when she was walking past. She didn't hover around, which was unusual, but we didn't pay too much attention. About half an hour passed, and we were still sitting there. We were just talking, when I told Olivia I felt like we were being watched. Olivia said it was just the darkness making me feel that way, but I couldn't shake the feeling. I don't know how much time passed, but we heard a shuffling noise, and both of us turned around. To our horror, we saw a purple mass emerging from the bushes of the side behind us, leading right into Olivia Street. It was Margaret. She had been wearing a purple jacket, and her gray hair was a dead giveaway too. The dog wasn't there, and it struck me that she must have walked that way to go home, and then walked back, but instead of climbing the stairs again, she must have walked through my street to get to the top of the stairs so we wouldn't see her. I hope explaining that makes sense. Both Olivia and I saw it, and Olivia then shouted, Run! And we did. We ran down the steps along the street, up the hill into my house. We were so freaked out and gasping for breath, but there was no sign of Margaret when we stopped and looked down the road. I told Olivia that Margaret was a creep, and that she must have snuck back, and that she took a different route deliberately all to spy on us. How long had she been there? Why was she spying on us? It was all just so fucking creepy. We vowed to not tell anyone about it, 
because we were really scared that our parents would go to Margaret's door and let her have it, especially our moms who are typical mama bears. Olivia came into my house and I walked her halfway to her house when she then went home later that night and then sprinted right back to mine, terrified that Margaret would be lurking in the shadows watching us. After this incident, we planned to walk a different way home from school and we avoided her house like the plague. We didn't see her again for a few weeks and when we finally did, she ignored us. Olivia and I eventually stopped being friends because we were just very different people and Olivia became very toxic as she got older, so I can't talk to her about this as an adult. Whenever I look back, I really believe Margaret was up to something bad. It's highly inappropriate for an adult to give a kid cigarettes, and inviting us into her house for orange juice in the winter just feels really off to me. As a naive teenager, I thought she could try to kidnap us by inviting us in, but I now think that she could have tried to assault us. I know Margaret sounds like a bad stereotype, but this really was how she was. I also want to make it clear that I don't think Margaret was a predator because of her sexuality. I think she was a creep because of her behavior and how she targeted us, especially Olivia, because she viewed us as ideal targets for whatever twisted reasons. I don't know what she was planning as she spied on us that night, or what would have happened if we hadn't noticed. It freaks me out thinking she was moving, and if she hadn't made any noise, she could have done something. The fact that she took her dog all the way home and then headed back, and then deliberately took a different route to be behind us without us knowing, it just really freaks me out. I'm just glad she left us alone after that. I guess she thought that we weren't worth pursuing, or something spooked her. I no longer live in this area, but I have heard she's still alive. I just pray she never does this to other teenagers, and part of me also hopes that this was all just a giant misunderstanding, and that she really was just lonely. But something tells me that that just wasn't the case. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always... Stay.